0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. My name is Charles Simon, I'm the host of the Going in Circles podcast. This is the post-derby prep show, as there's only one left, the Lexington next week. It might actually have an effect on the field this year. But um, we're going to break down all the, the stuff that we saw this weekend and I uh, get Barry's views, and I got a couple opinions on a couple things. Um, it's uh, the best time of the year. We uh, we get great racing. Keeneland's open. New York's got turf racing. The summer is approaching, and uh, we couldn't be happier. So we will be right back in about a minute and twenty seven seconds with our man, the sniper, Mister Barry Spears. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, They have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees, your mayor will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms' stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the Freshman Stallion of the Year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made a 3-for-3, three three, winning the $400,000 springboard mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at Stallions.com or on Twitter at PAS Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Stallions, check them out. Is this the Derby Prep?
1: Yes, this is, him. this is him. He's here. He's here.
0: Good, good to. Uh, Mr. Derby Prep Sniper, we only yeah. have one more of you left.
1: Yeah, the
0: Lexington. The, the last chance for gas. I forget I... what I saw. I saw that are probables in the Lexington, if they win, they might actually sneak into the field.
1: Yeah, the that horse that finished second to simplification, or third, the one that Paco... The bowling ball. Yeah. In due time. In due time, that's it. Yeah, he's in it. He's in it. He he
0: actually, you'd have to give him a decent chance of winning it, right? Yeah,
1: (laughs) I was going to say.
0: Well, we had uh, the final three derby preps that probably are going to have some influence on the race this weekend. Um, Where
1: shall we start? Wherever you desire, my friend. Uh, I watched them all over and over again. Well, let's start up north in New York then.
0: In the derby prep that totally fell apart except for two horse. <laughs> also known as the, the wood. The wood memorial. I know that there's a story, uh, and I'm supposed to know who the memorial is about, who the wood is. I know it's not Wilbur Wood. The famous pitcher of the 70s. Um, but, uh, the wood famously has not been
1: good for a long time.
0: Yeah. It hasn't been, uh, a very potent derby prep for, uh, quite a while. Last year we had the Uh horse who who rallied from a hundredth who hasn't hit the board in a race since (laughs) slow motion prep (laughs) this year. It was a little bit interesting. I thought that the racetrack, the surface at Aqueduct on Saturday, wasn't quite as dull as it has been the last few years, and it, it hasn't. It wasn't as dull as it's, it's been. Uh, a lot of the meat. maybe the weather had something to do with it, but uh, um, it, you know, the times for the races on Saturday were were much faster than they'd been earlier in that in that meet. And uh I, I think the track was a little bit more representative of a of a normal track as opposed to like the withers, which I understand it's February, but a mile and one fifty five or mile and an eighth in one fifty five, right? That that's like uh, good, good pieces at the Meadowlands in the summertime can do that. <laughs> you know, so um, so, I mean, give me your, your impressions of the race. I mean, it's, it Honestly. wound up being a, a, uh, you know, an excellent finish between the, the, the top two, um, contenders in there, obviously the one horse Morello, who was one of the choices broke terribly at the start and this was never involved. And we'll talk about him in a little bit, but, um, you know, give me your impressions of the race.
1: I I really like that race um, from Mo Donegal. I think he overcame quite a bit, finished strong, it didn't you know, he wasn't all out either in winning that race. I mean, if you if you watch the last, you know, a couple hundred yards, when he passed uh, early voting, he wasn't fully extended. And he and he, it looked like he could go f- further and faster. Um,
0: you know, he, he's kind of an interesting horse because if you you go back to the was it the Holy Bull, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it took him a while to get in gear that day as well, and and I thought he was a little bit like uh, the Pletcher horse from the year before, who who kind of would do that. Um,
1: oh, known agenda.
0: Known agenda. Who, who sometimes
1: would just take a little while for to get him lazy. To, to, yeah.
0: to kick yeah. in, right? I mean, he wouldn't be, he wasn't push-button at all. He, he would kind of be staggering almost, and you're thinking, well, man, he, he's not going to get anything, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're, he's flying at the end, and that, that seemed like kind of what Mo
1: Donegal did. Yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit better than, than the known agenda Florida Derby last year, um, but the thing about, Mo Donegal is he's going to need a target <laughs> and you know with things the way they're shaking out with this race the pace scenario might not be as fast as we might think and that scares me for a horse like Mo Donegal who, who I kind of like I mean um, but it just somehow, you know, I just that trip from dead last is is not going to get it done in the derby unless he's like, you know, 12 wide and clear. No, that that's very true. A, a
0: month ago, we were talking about how the derby looked like it was going to be uh, a supersonic pace when Epicenter was looking like a horse that just wanted to go to lead and and you put early voting in who's who's not a horse that's going to rate i mean i don't think that horse is going to rate at all um and we had uh forbidden kingdom and and we had um you know a, a classic couple causeway. classic causeway right so we were here looking at four or five or six not only speed horses but contenders i mean actual real live contenders horses. that were speed horses yeah and, and all of a sudden classic causeway drops out forbidden kingdom drops out early voting is 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 on the fence um and it becomes kind of like uh goes from a a faster than normal potential pace scenario to the opposite and I mean, the Derby is the Derby, and you have 20 horses charging down a long straightaway to hit the turn. So you're going to get a, probably a faster pace than you would normally get in a regular race. That being said, uh, I think pulse positions is, is going to matter a lot, more than normal, just because I don't know who the dedicated speed will be if early voting doesn't run. I really don't. I mean, I'm not positive that the epicenter, especially after his tactics of last time, is just going to be sent to the lead. Uh, I mean, if he gets to the lead, if he falls on the lead, if, if the other horses take back and allow him to have the lead, he, he, I'm sure Rosario certainly will take the lead, but
1: but he doesn't need to be on the lead as evidenced by his last race. Which well, what What comes to mind is like two trips the authentic trip and then the justified trip in the derby right those are the two that come to mind for somebody like epicenter um because i i just don't think he wants to be too far back right I, I, you know like a stalking kind of trip you know almost if if you ever watched that replay of the justify his trip sitting off uh, it was good magic wasn't it yes yeah i mean that that would be perfect for him you know and then you know obviously it's the the luck of the draw with the post positions but either that trip or an authentic trip where they just kind of let him go (laughs) you know like authentic ran fast don't get me wrong but he really didn't get a, a a ton of pressure and he could do that i think epicenter has that kind of ability um but again it's it's all dependent on on trip uh as far as post position where is he where is he going to be you know um but i i think that's a good place to be compared to everyone else but as far as mo Donegal, I, I i mean i i really like that horse i just can't get behind somebody who's gonna have to really get some breaks along the way you know what i mean you pretty much gambling on the fact that he's going to have to have like the C's part for him at the right spot, you know, kind of like, um, Normandy invasion that year when orb won, you know, orb got the trip, Normandy and invasion didn't. And that was the difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Mo Donegal a lot to be honest, but it's just, it's hard to take in a, in a, you know, 20-horse field.
0: True. That is that is very true. Uh, y- you know, you get the impression that Moe Donegal, the distance, which is always a question. I mean, even though there's horses we think will not get the distance, even though there's horses we think will get the distance, it's still a question mark. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we've said this a couple times the last few weeks, that the Derby's a mile and a quarter if you're in the one path. It's not a mile and a quarter if you're in the three or four path. Uh, if on the turns, if you, if you're wide, it makes it that much further. Um, Mo Donegal looks like a horse, at least stylistically, and and his pedigree uh, seems like the mile and a quarter will be okay for him. Um, we don't, like I said, we don't know if he's going to be able to do it or not. A lot of horses we thought could do it can't there's very few horses that we don't think can get the distance that actually can. Uh, but I mean, these days the way stamina is just not valued like it used to be. Um, that's not a surprise. Uh, the question to me coming out of the, the wood is, is what is early voting going to do? He, you know, to me, he might be more important horse. In terms of how the derby winds up being run because of his style. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of Chad Brown horses run like him. He is a horse that is very headstrong and he's anxious and he's just not he doesn't look like a horse that's gonna be uh it doesn't look like you're gonna be able to do an epicenter with him, take him off the pace, sit him behind horses. I he just doesn't look like that type of horse. And he was a little bit fortunate this week in that Morello broke so poorly. <laughs> Literally broke last. Uh, yeah, he he didn't, you know, he he really didn't uh, get much of a chance to run. Um, and, I, and I'll be honest, if you are uh, the owners, I'm sure they're probably not listening, but. The Kentucky Derby is not the place you run off of the race that your horse just ran. You got beat 21 lengths and you might have an excuse and he broke slow and maybe, you know, something else happened, blah, blah, blah. You don't run a horse in the Kentucky Derby off of that sort of start, especially a talented horse who we know can go uh, up to a mile at, at grade, you know, for three year olds, grade one level. We don't know if that horse can go a mile and a quarter. We don't know if he can go a mile and an eighth. Why throw him into the derby at 50-1 to 1 and take a shot when there's just, you know, the odds of success are, are remote. But your trainer took a horse off of the derby trail last year and wound up being champion sprinter. Right. <laughs> he, he certainly knows how to do it. Right, Half you know, they Mile, Woody Stevens, Alan Jerkins, uh, maybe throw the Amsterdam in there and, and then, uh, you know, Breeders Cup Sprinter Mile. What's yeah, wrong with that?
1: Nothing. I mean, you don't want to ruin the horse for the year because of the derby that you probably don't have a shot in. You know what I mean? Oh, and I mean, I, what, take do you, take what did you take too learn much out-
0: from that I, race? Yeah, you can make Barry. You can make 50 excuses for your horse. Believe me, I had lots of horses get beat 25 lengths in races. I made lots of excuses a lot of times. A lot of times they were valid. But guess what? That's not how you prep to run in the biggest race of your life in a 20-horse field. It's just not. Your horse got nothing out of it, and he proved nothing. He did not prove he can do anything that he's going to need to do in the Kentucky Derby. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, buy 5% of... of, of There's got to be 10 horses in the Derby you can buy 5% of if you just want to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you, you spend enough money. Call Uno Ojo's owner. They got to be able to, willing to sell 5% of, the, of him. But I, I just... That's... It's understandable that people want to be involved in a derby, but, uh, and, and, you know, the Una Ojos of the world, that horse really isn't any good, you know? I mean, uh, on a, on a top notch grade one type level. Good. I mean, he's fine for, is a race horse. He's a good horse. If, if you, you know, I mean, he's maybe, maybe a Grade three type of horse. If he gets better, I mean, he won a race, he won the Rebel, but, I mean, come on, let's let's admit that was a complete fluke.
1: But you're not going to ruin him because he's not
0: that fast anyways. Morello <laughs> is really good.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that's the difference. And you know there's talent there, and you know he's fast. And you just got to put him in the right spots. And the Derby, you, you can tell, I mean, at least I can anyway, that that horse – that's like the worst thing you you would want to do with a horse like that. I mean, that's why I I think, you know, it was unfortunate, but fortunate for Life is Good last year when he didn't make the Derby. Because in hindsight, you could say, well, you know, after his performance uh, in Dubai, that a mile and a quarter wasn't his thing
0: yeah right exactly
1: so you know i would rather find that out in the dubai world cup than the derby after having the breeders cup mile under my belt (laughs) you know what i mean it's just more lucrative that way (laughs) probably a better plan you won't ruin your horse and you know, it's it's
0: one thing, Barry. If you have a horse that's that's gone a mile and an eighth a couple times and won, and and then your last prep you get some bad luck and uh, you know it just doesn't work out. But when you have a horse that's never run one a two turn race, your only two turn effort, you could be twenty one lengths, even with trouble. He didn't have twenty one lengths worth of trouble. <laughs> no. You know, he he didn't start. He he didn't run the other way out of the gate. He he broke slow. He broke bad, but he 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 was you know, he was he was way back. But he wasn't it wasn't twenty lengths worth of trouble,
1: right? He was flat for sure. It was oh. just and you know that's something that you should see. You know, it, it, it wasn't that difficult to see on on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm on the same page. Like, you know, why even go there? There's no point in it. Um, keep him to doing what he does best. And then, yeah. if you want to later on try to try to take him further, then that's a lot better of a decision for later in the year than right now. Right.
0: And you know the the thought process of well, there's not a lot of speed there, and if he breaks good, it'll be close to the lead.
1: Yeah, he'll yeah. be he'll be soup and <laughs> sandwiched. Right. You don't want that. And that horse hasn't hasn't been the same since exactly exactly all right well let's let's go down
0: to uh keeneland where the uh the bluegrass showcased another horse that might be um uh, a little bit traffic compromised in the derby and in the bluegrass what were your thoughts uh
1: on Zandon? He definitely got the worst of it and still overcame that, which is a a huge positive. But he, you know, again, on the same lines as Mo Donegal is like, I, I don't know if I can trust that, you know, if he, if he doesn't get the best post position, then what? You know, I, I'd like a horse that has more tactical speed or, or going to lay closer, which he probably could do. Um, wow. but it, it was a tough read. I mean, the the two the top two horses kind of, you know, kind of took it to everybody else. They they were they were way ahead of everybody else. I thought, and and um, I'm not really too enthusiastic about either of them, but you know they they earned their way into it i think they they deserve a shot yeah, yeah no doubt i uh, i mean um but I, yeah I, I mean i don't know what to make of that bluegrass to be honest with you it was, it was kind of a strange race um but it was dominated by the two favorites and and you really can't knock either one of them on that performance you you know who ran really well in the in the bluegrass golden glider i
0: i like that horse anyway i i, I certainly didn't it, but anticipate that golden glider would be the one pressing the pace I mean, yeah and he heard... his, his previous races he had always been a, a strictly one run closer that got way behind and when he was pressing the pace i had to look twice to make sure that they Hit hadn't him that right it was the right <laughs> horse but um he he actually ran a pretty good race for for, oh, uh, for a course. horse that that completely changed his style and you know he he's probably not a uh, a grade one type horse at this point, but I mean, he might he be
1: down the end of the year.
0: But he he has improved uh, you know incrementally and, and now that he's shown he has does have a little bit of speed, um you know he he's an interesting type of horse. I mean, Emmanuel got to the lead as we expected, um you know set up. Uh, you know, reasonable pace. It went twenty four, forty, forty eight and two, um, you know, one twelve and three. And he just is isn't uh you know, he, he wasn't able to get the distance, I think, more than anything, because he really didn't have much of an excuse other than other than that. I mean, he he was pretty much well within himself on the lead and and when uh, Smile Happy came to him, I mean, he just He's didn't have a whole real. yeah he he didn't have a whole lot of fight. Um and I think that Pletcher is going to send him to the turf. Uh, He's supposed to be pointed to the Pennine Ridge, which is (laughs) the most baffling choice of named, of course, to to name a grade two stake. and, and, And yes, it started out as a listed stake, but people change, or I shouldn't say people, racetracks change stakes names all the time. And it's time for Penine Ridge to go back to being like a Thursday afternoon allowance feature because he is about the two hundred and seventy-fourth best turf horse to run in New York over the last 50 years. (laughs) And it's time to what up, bricks and mortars. We name it, you know, let's name a stake. Let's change it to the bricks and mortars. He was a horse of the year that ran in Naira, everyone won turf stakes, right? Let's let's make him the Pennine Ridge, Penine Ridge wasn't very good. <laughs> it's, it's true,
1: he just wasn't very good. Yeah, I remember you showed me his, his uh his past performances, and he was very mediocre.
0: <laughs> he won he won he won two stakes in New York. He won a grade two and a grade three, three year old stakes. I mean, he wasn't a bad horse by any means, but his high wasn't really high. And if Awod and 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 Manila have you know listed stakes named after them, if you put those three in a, in a starting gate, Nine Ridge would be a thousand to one, maybe two thousand to one. <laughs> put it this way: if you compared, I'm using modern horses as comparison, uh, if Manila is life as good, than iron Ridge was Golden Glider. Okay, so that's why it baffles me. Well, maybe maybe even better than Golden Glider. Maybe maybe Smile Happy since he did win a stake. <clears throat> but if you ran Smile Happy against Life as Good, he would get trounced. Um. Yeah, Zandon ran well. Uh, Pratt gave him an excellent... That was the one thing, I think, that uh, that short period of time when all three preps were run, uh, Pratt and and um, Joro Rosario gave excellent rides where they were on maybe the best horse in both races, but they still were able to not panic and let the horse get in a rhythm and then you know move in, move out, find the right seams to run through, and and to get there in time and and uh, I mean people sometimes overrate jockeys, but those are the kind of, of of rides that um that are the reason that you you reach out for guys like that in races like that because they're going to give you those type of rides and that doesn't mean that they don't screw up they do screw up because they're humans but but um i thought those two excellent rides smile happy i think that kenny mcpeak is gotten a little too cute with him and when i looked at his training pattern it's just not i don't know how you get a horse ready for the derby off of the half, halfs and 50 and to me he might have been a little short for this race and I know that his pedigree kind of suggests that maybe a mile and a quarter isn't going to be ideal, but he had one five furlong work and 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 he, I think he was off like sixty days. <laughs> it's February nineteenth. He had one five eighths work. He's not even working working him five eighths. Compare that to how Baffert trains the horses into the Derby. Six, like clockwork. Not only six, six and 110. Right. <laughs> Fast six. Yeah. Like <laughs> they work five ace They work in 59 or 58. And and I think he's just trying to get, you know, like, like he wants to have him for the whole triple crown series. But I don't know that you can do that. I, I, the, I remember the chief used to say that all the time. He goes, you know, you, you can't prevent a horse from peaking i mean when they're doing good they're doing good you can't like like tap them down to keep them from from getting good it's just when they're good they're good you just gotta ride it out but makes sense. but um i, I think that we can finally put to rest a bunch of the other horses in that race again black adder i have no clue why they scratched out at a turfway race it made no sense um at all. And and he of course didn't show up at all. I, I was a little disappointed by volcanic. Uh, he also was up close earlier
1: than uh, yeah. closer than he usually is, but then he was just finished. Well, you know, you know, my saying on that. He just folded up like a lawn chair. Yeah. He just, uh, you know,
0: Fenwick, uh, was a ridiculous spot for him in the first place. Command Same performance. performance. <laughs> did, did no, did no running. Um, uh, didn't, road,
1: he, he, he didn't do any changed. running on on Tampa Bay Derby day.
0: No, he 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 That's wasn't good on Tampa Bay Derby day. People made excuses for him. I couldn't believe how many people were actually picking him. I was thinking to myself, um, like what? Did you guys watch that race? Didn't was I talk there? to you right
1: after that? And it was yes. Like, oh my God, it was. it <laughs> yeah, was just awful. This is,
0: no, no wonder he showed up in a maiden race at Tampa Bay Downs instead of right. a stake race, because legitimately his form. Uh, based on his past form, he would have fit very well in the Tampa Bay Derby, right? Uh, and to run in a twenty seven thousand dollar maiden race, uh, but he he wasn't he didn't look comfortable that day at all, and you could nah. say well maybe it was the track, but I mean he almost got beat for third. He almost got beat he for really third in that race. Bob, there, yeah. So, you know that that's and you know rattle and rolled. It is typical past tired horses. So, yeah, that that race was kind of interesting. I mean, certainly, I think Zandan is as talented as any of these three-year-olds. Yeah. I just want, like you said, it is difficult to to be uh, really, uh, well, I shouldn't say to be, but to bet money on horses that potentially could be laying... 17th and 18th down the backside.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you need a lot of luck. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like like I referred to earlier, it was a 2013 Orb. How many trips were in that race? Yeah, right. It's like other horses could have easily won, but they just didn't get the trip. Like, Normandy Invasion was a winner. (laughs) He got stopped cold at the top of the stretch. And, you know and Orb didn't. It was just as simple as that. So, Yeah, the Derby have to have a little bit bit of luck, and
0: that's why I I talk about it, and people are probably sick of hearing me saying it, but it's not a normal race. Um, Speaking of which, let's talk about the Santa Anita race, which to me, I I have a different take than everyone else does, I'm sure. Um, And I'm already tired of hearing about Oh, Baffert's really pulling the strings. Let me just explain training horses to you, okay? Bob Baffert is... um, It doesn't matter what he tells Tim Yachty. What's he going to say to him? Oh, gallop him, you know, like there's some secret, like, oh, we're going a mile and a half today and don't (laughs) go a mile and a quarter tomorrow and then go a mile and three-eighths the next day. That's a line of bullshit. Steve Asmussen sees about 10% of the horses he trains on a daily basis. He has horses everywhere. He can't see them all train. It's just Bob Baffert wins because he has good horses and he trains them hard. And perhaps he has some other sort of magical influence, I don't know that. But what I can tell you is that he has really good horses, and he trains them hard. Training hard matters. That's how people used to train, and they didn't... The horses could stand up to it better. Bob Baffert's got a gigantic lineup, and he's got a deep bullpen, and when one falls, the next one comes in.
1: And... Right, and, the, and the, you know, as the saying goes, the cream rises to the top. and know, the- all the, that are like, what, what to say? Oh, Baffert's behind the scenes. Like, what's he telling the guy? <laughs> he can't tell him anything that he doesn't already Put know. The
0: saddle on in a special way. I mean,
1: it's like the you know, like in the Sea Biscuit movie. Yeah, and, uh, when Red Pollard was telling George Wolf how to ride the horse. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it's there's nothing that nothing like that going on.
0: It, it it's just like what would he say to him? And people it's act so, like there's some magical, the like some magical plan that they they all like. You know, oh, he has good horses. <laughs> That's ninety percent of it. I, I know people don't want to hear it, and yeah, there are trainers that get good, good horses that don't win very much. But the truth is that the 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 key is having good horses. This was the $1.7 million horse that won this race the other day. And I think he beat well, a $400,000 horse. A lot of us train our whole lives and never have one horse that, that was a $400,000 horse. Hmm. This, this guy has probably 75. Now. Like, well, literally. Not, not, that's not, not, not an exaggeration. Not, <laughs> yeah. Not right now because, you know, he's currently suspended. But when he comes back. That's not an exaggeration either. Exactly. And. It's just people are like, oh well, you know, Baffert's pulling the strings. What strings? <laughs> tell him to go fast. It's the horse is already racing. Like,
1: tell him to go fast.
0: Bob, should we work them five or three or six? Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, not to mention that that Baffert's assistants are working for these guys, at least for McCarthy. So. I mean, they're just going to keep things about as same as they've been. Well, Yakteen team worked for them. I mean, it, It's this is the thing is that there's not a whole lot of difference between trainers anymore. Pretty much everyone trains the same. They have the same vets. They have the same feed companies. They have the same help for the most part. It's really not that different. Programs. And people are all mesmerized. Because, oh my God, this guy's a great trainer, blah, blah, blah. Let him train the horses I train and we'll see how great he is. <laughs> I'm not saying they're not bad horsemen, but they're winning because they have good horses and they're not getting in the way. That's the key, is don't get in the way. <laughs> don't screw it up. It's It's just, to me, like, people are so paranoid about this. Oh, you know, like, like, My friend was telling me today. Well, you know, John Velasquez didn't hit that horse too many times, so he wanted the other horse to win. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's that's exactly how that worked.
0: Well, he got beat by three lengths. Anyways, my take about that race is number one, it was essentially a three horse match race. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Number two, Richard Mandela was correct. He was correct earlier in the year when he thought that. Forbidden Kingdom was really more of a a sprinter miler type. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he was he was right. I mean, most of the time, guys like him, when they assess horses, they're right; they're not wrong. Um, and he didn't have any excuse. I mean, they said the epiglottis, whatever, but he just stopped, and he stopped early. He was stopping on the turn. He was it's very very similar to classic Causeway. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't believe it was because either of them went too fast. I believe it was. They just probably aren't horses that need to go that far. And they started to get tired. And maybe they had a, a, you know, flipped a pallet or had an epiglottic issue or whatever, bled. Fine, whatever. But when that happened, Messier inherits the lead. And when you, I don't think Messier is that good. I don't care about the numbers sometimes. Yeah, sometimes the numbers get a little bit overinflated. I don't think he's very good. You told I me. just think he's a normal, like a, a, a normal good horse. I think everyone got mesmerized by the 15-length win. When you go back and you look at what those horses have done since, the Robert Lewis, two of the horses stopped working after the race. They, didn't, they don't work anymore. They have no more workouts. So, like, obviously got hurt in the race. The other two were happy Jack who shockingly is, is earned shows you the weakness of the California Derby preps outside of the winners. I mean, these races were dreadfully bad outside of the top two or three horses in these races. I mean like dreadfully bad, like, like horses that probably can't win allowance races Mm -hmm. right now. But you have the, you had those two. You had Happy Jack, and you had that Cabo Spirit horse, who was a turf to dirt move in that race when he was second by fifteen. He's run twice back since, and he's got nothing. He ran in the 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 meat race, the Jeff Ruby Stakes race, a race named after meat, uh, and 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 got nothing in there. I mean, he is just a horse. And if you own him, listen. I'd like to own him, but I'm sorry. Your horse is not going to be talked about You know, in the pantheon of, of great horses. It's just not. But that was a dreadful race, and it came back terrible, and he ran really well that day. But it was unusual for Baffert Horse to skip the next prep. He doesn't usually skip preps. They usually run. Right, they run again, yeah. And he skipped, and he showed up here, and he didn't have much... And maybe you can say that Johnny V spent a little too much time um, worrying about Forbidden Kingdom and he stayed a little too close and he got, you know, sucked into the, the pace a little too much because it was a fast pace Um, and then didn't have a lot. But it wasn't like, like he was, you know, digging down to the end. He was pretty much done at the eighth pole. And... I don't want to discount the fact that uh Tabiat or Tab Taber, wherever the hell you say his name, winning the San Antonio Derby in his second start coming off of a one six rolling race. That is like an achievement. It's an accomplishment and should be lauded. Er. <laughs> he almost had to win this race when, when Messier faltered. He almost had to
1: win the race. Well, because there was nobody else in it. I mean, by that, you know, Forbidden Kingdom was a a foregone conclusion where he was going to end up, and he was just Johnny on the spot, basically. (laughs) Like you said, he had no choice but to win. I think Messier lost the race more than Tavia won it. That's fair. That's fair to say. But... Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. It's it's always hard to 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 gauge those fields out west because there's always not enough horses to go around and short fields and you know usually a little really bit more horse look mediocre and it looks a, you know a, a a mediocre horse look better than what they really are. Hence the Messier thing.
0: I think in the last three Derby preps in Southern California, the third place finisher. Was at least ten lengths behind in all three of them. At least ten lengths behind.
1: Yeah, that's not good.
0: No, that's 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 really bad. And uh, I mean, we we've kind of well done it before the the weakness of California racing and then the lack of uh, depth there at all. And, and you know, I mean, I think that that was really uh, highlighted by by the card saturday which for a big day race card was pretty weak sauce yeah that was I was trying to be
1: uh
0: i was trying to be diplomatic but
1: i mean we see five horse turf stakes yeah it's not that's not ideal that's not what you you know as a better that's not what you want to be no, it's not. It's it's, it's just um, it's difficult
0: to it's it's difficult to 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 really evaluate horses, and I mean it's just tough to see. I mean the the royal heroine, which is a mile on the turf, it's a grade two. It's two hundred grand. Had, had four horses, and the winner's a good horse. Going going globals actually. A really good horse. I mean, Phil D'Amato's done a an excellent job with with that filly, and I mean, she came over from Europe. other three, and, though, like <laughs> when you look at her form in Europe, she ran four times and she good. got trounced three times. Like She got like, <laughs> she got she got happy jacked three times, Dusty. and then she won in a, in, a, in a relatively minor race. And she's come over here and she does nothing but 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 win. I mean. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, she she completely outclassed the the horses she ran against the other day, but I mean these races just it's just hard for me to to understand why these races aren't losing grades. Yeah,
1: when the Flower Bowl loses the Flower Bowl loses the grade in, inexplicably and, and and yet the all the California ones say the same. I was saying that when that happened. I was like, how does that happen? How does that happen? I mean, it's not even like it's—it's it's so obvious. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't understand. I just don't have that, the depth of of,
0: of horse flow. Well,
1: and they also and think it's at this
0: time of the year, Barry. You, you know, so many races. I mean, look—the look at the cards in New York. Look at the cards in, in, in Keeneland. Upcoming, uh, uh, you yeah. have the Derby Week races. Uh, not you know, a few weeks from now. To ship to California at this t- this point in in the season, it's you know yes. hard to, to make that um you know to this. So,
1: well, I think that you know the downgrading is, is technically a good thing. You know, well, it it's, makes this thing in some ways right that
0: the- in the East Coast is much more difficult to as compared. California, and it's just the numbers, and I mean, I want California, right, it's not unlike personal. some of the, the, the you know, know, the, in, that the, have this looter, that racing should just keep contracting forever until there's three tracks, you know, so, so, the, oh, you can just go watch Kingland, and, and, well, yeah, that's great, but you can't have... Cl- if you just have those two tracks, come up with enough forces to, to give you, um, you have to have, streets, you have to have other places. It's just, uh, I don't even want to get into it, but the business has been contracting for 25 years. Everybody and things are, are really going down. Things are going bad. Things aren't going right. Things well, that's what's happened. Contraction, no business to to health in mm-hmm. the face of, of more uh, more competition ever had in the legal mm-hmm. gaming having less races doesn't make sense yeah we need to have better it needs to be a better product we need to have fuller fields we need to have more competitive races no no but you get rid of Penn National, not going to help Keeneland and Belmont. Those horses don't interchange. They just, they just don't. And it's, it's, one of those things that I just don't, don't get the dynamics that you have to have. You know, without even going that because it's kind of boring talk numbers, but people. Exposure to racing. It's difficult to make a racing fan without live racing. It just is. When you talk to people, how many of them uh, were exposed to live racing at various places throughout the the, the globe, right? And, And that's when they become racing fans. It's difficult to become a racing fan just based upon watching stuff on TV. It just is. And racing at its best is a social game. So I mean we got into this tangent, but but anyways, California racing is is in desperate need of, of uh and more horses and it's not an easy it's not an easy fix either because Owning horses is, is is expensive. It's never been more expensive. Uh, and places like California that don't have the luxury of of slot machines like Keeneland, like Oakland, like New York, they are at a disadvantage. And that disadvantage is is probably going to get worse, not better. So. So. saying all that. Do you give this, this horse any chance in the Derby, Tabia. Am I saying that right, Taiba? Taiba? I don't know. Uh,
1: what's,
0: what's that it? guy's name, Billy Blanks? Billy, <laughs> Billy Blanks.
1: <laughs> 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 <Bring him> the... <laughs> to be the ambassador for the Yes.
0: Mr. for the Taiba. I mean, um, do we really give second lifetime race and, and what kind of style does he want to have yeah i would love to have that style sit third behind uh Two a other horses and, and have no one behind me <laughs> well that's a great style that's like saying hey
1: i'd like to hit the lottery every every six months that's not gonna happen I think he, he's got talent for sure it's just I, in my opinion might be a little bit too much too soon you know almost like the uh Soup and sandwich situation, and uh the other one they had too Who was the other so one clearly. Healing so clearly, this horse is more talented than either. Yeah, he he definitely is, but I mean, it's it's got to be rough. I mean, I guess there's that possibility that you know the horse could get a dream trip in the in the Derby, and you know he he's not impossible. I wouldn't put him in like you know hundred to one category, clearly because he's he's pretty fast, but um, it's hard to 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 make anything of what he did on Saturday because all the rest of the horses, for a lack of a better word, stunk. I mean, you know, Forbidden Kingdom just was not going that far. Messier, who we had. Our reservations about anyway, you know, was who we thought he was. And Tabia was the only other alternative because the other two were just nonsense. Yeah. When you think about the Derby.
0: How many horses in the Derby, assuming, this, because it's easier to do the math, but uh, assuming it's a 20 horse field, how many get? a good trip versus how many horses get an okay trip versus how many horses get a not so great trip maybe two maybe get, get a, a a good trip right and sometimes horses get good trips they're just not good enough they were in position and they're right. just not they just can't yeah. jock had him in the right, right spot but when he asked the horse the horse did not mm-hmm. go forward. Um I mean what maybe five have a have a have a good a good trip, maybe five have a decent enough trip and the other ten have have trips that are compromised or either too wide or too far behind or too or they get bumped or jostled or you know I mean taken out of their game. And that's the other thing is is in some of these horses that race in, in um in seven and eight and nine horse races and get a little bit of uh bad luck. I mean, multiply that out when you're talking about 20. It's it's just that much more difficult. And if they can't overcome that in a six horse or seven horse race, then I just have a hard time seeing how they're going to do it in a 20 horse race. Well, that's why this, you
1: know simplification is still high on my list. I think for- what I'm going to... I, I actually... I'm, as soon as the
0: Lexington is over, because we kind of have to wait for that because that might... It, it actually might... Change. i mean there might it might get somebody
1: in this this year well yeah because it if, if in due time kind of dominates then what do you think about everything else you know right
0: that then he's in and somebody's out so right uh, so there still are a couple like morello i, I mean I, I just have a hard time believing that they're gonna go off of that race and um and you know we usually get a defection right i mean there's usually a horse that
1: gets at least sick mm-hmm.
0: or or something, something happens so I mean generally we're we're gonna find somebody uh, that,
1: what's the uh, lowest what's the lowest um points that has won the derby, like a, a horse coming into the derby since they've been doing maybe I'll ask I have, Ed. I haven't a clue. Ed,
0: Ed'll have a statistic like that. Yeah. That's something. Ed that's is right. actually that that's his like its primary function. In, Obscure in- is, 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 uh, obscure facts and, and, uh,
1: numbers. But, um, I'd like to know because, you know, obviously, I mean, just off the top of my head, it's nobody that just barely made it in. <laughs> <Well>, There's <laughs>
0: yeah. been horses that have gotten in with no points, right? There's, aren't there horses that got in with no points or hardly any points? When the race doesn't overfill, you wouldn't even need any points, but, um, this might be the year where the most points, uh, where the minimum points required, is the most. Uh, it, it could be because generally, running second in the final round of preps is a guarantee to get you in. Right. Uh, this year, it kind of didn't work out that way. So, and, and is there still a Japanese horse that could come over? Another one? Is is that? possible or is that over i I don't even know i don't know i I really pay so little attention to that because it never has it's never a factor but but this year i mean the two uae derby horses are coming so uh,
1: well if there's any year to do it it's probably this one
0: well that's i guess guess that's kind of what we've been saying for a while Mm -hmm. that if you have a decent horse this might be the year to to take a shot because of the unknown factors but But not Morello. Morello should not go. (laughs) Morello should go. Morello should go to the short races where he can be really good. He'd be great. He can be the Jackie's warrior of this
1: year. So I felt about Practical Joke when he was running. Like they kept trying to run him long, and he didn't run bad, but he just wasn't going to win.
0: (laughs) No, I hear you. Um. Well, there were some other races run. Really? This weekend.
1: Get out of town.
0: It was kind of
1: chalky. Yeah, it was very chalky. Thank God it's gotten
0: to be some of these big stakes cards have gotten like the the novelty has wore off a little bit and when you go through them and they become chalk, 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 chalk. As a player, it just isn't that exciting. It's,
1: it's no, it's like ugh. complete turnoff. I'm glad I was at Kennedy Space Center on Saturday. Rocket man, <laughs> you know, because I my my action was limited, but I didn't miss much.
0: Not really. I, right, I, I, I made very few plays on
1: on Sunday. That's um, that's kind of sucks because usually on those kind of days you're. Like, you know, can I revved well, up? The one
0: great thing about those days is that the big cards bring big handles generally. Mm-hmm. So that um, I I gotta tell you something that happened. Did I tell you about the Quinella that my dad had? No. So you know me, I always rag on Quinellas <laughs> I don't want to get that. <laughs> it's like a little bit of a pet peeve. I mean, the Quinella, it's like it's it's. It's past, a place it, to it's past its, a place its time, but um at Gulfstream uh what day was it was it Saturday or Sunday no it wasn't um
1: friday Friday no, it wasn't that it was uh,
0: maybe it was Thursday <clears throat> Hold on, I'm gonna. I got. I gotta look it up because this is actually something that, that
1: doesn't happen very often. What the uh, the Quinella paid more than the try. <laughs> the Quinella.
0: Um, maybe it was Saturday. Yeah, maybe it was Saturday. Because I keep looking and uh, I keep coming up with. Uh, I keep coming up with the the uh, the wrong day. But um, on on Saturday in the first race at Gulfstream, which was the uh, not exactly a steak race, uh, it was it was pretty slow horses. Oh, I can't. I keep pushing the wrong button. Um, this is stimulating podcasting right now but it was a claiming race i think uh 12.5 of course you know the the thing won't the um verizon if anyone from works for verizon I instruct you to quit right now. Just quit your job and stop working for that horrible company.
1: was <laughs> so salty.
0: Well, I'm really pissed off at Verizon because their service is so bad here. It's like crazy bad. And of course, I'm on the thing and it won't pop up. Anyways... It was, I think, a seven-horse field, so it wasn't a big field. It was uh seven-horse field, and the winner was the favorite. And the, the, the horse who ran second was, like, the fourth choice. And the exacta came back uh, $23.20, or $22.20 for, um, for a dollar. The Quinella came back $65. What? Which. Wait. I I saw this and I saw on, on the account that he had that. And I saw that Quinella paid $65. And I was thinking, and I saw he had, he had it for $2 Quinella. So I was thinking to myself, $65 Quinella. He must have had a bomb in there somewhere. And I looked at the chart of the race and it was like a a five to two over like a four or like over nine to two. And the Quinella paid paid sixty five dollars. And I started to think the pool was only about forty one hundred dollars. So if you think about it, consider that. The Quinella pools are so small. That. The computer guys aren't playing quinellas because the pools are really small so there's no interest in in those 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 races so the quinella actually could be the play (laughs) quinella pools might be the place where where you should look because um
1: they're being bypassed by the the whales, <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, there's no, there's no whale money in them.
1: I heard that until the other day, and I was like,
0: "Wow, I wonder how many, you know, how many times this happens."
1: It's not like I chart every single quinella that, that's, you know, probably happens a lot because there's a quinella pool in every race in, in Gulfstream, correct? I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say that probably happens a lot. Given the circumstances, I have to look into that. Because I usually dismiss uh, Quinella. I just don't. Yeah, it was a nine horse field. Uh, the, I,
0: I got the particulars wrong a little bit. Uh, it was a 12 maiden. Uh, no, it was a 12 5 never win two. Uh, going seven and a half on the turf. The winner was five to two. He was the five to twos, the slight second choice. Did he get the max payout? Was it 780? Uh, uh, He paid uh, 720. 720. But the favorite was 40 to 1. And uh, Uncle Armando, who won the race, was 260 to 1. So he was a slight favorite. And uh, Unimpeached was 8 to 1. So he was uh, like fifth choice. But... uh, but the exact paid twenty two sixty. The try for fifty cents with the a seven to one shot third came back uh, twenty six dollars and ninety cents for a dollar for uh, for fifty cents
1: fifty cents okay.
0: So the try basically paid a um, hundred dollars for two, a right. little over a hundred for two. De Quinella paid sixty five dollars. Damn sixty five sixty for for two. I mean the exacta paid tw- the exacta the two dollar exacta would have would have paid um, uh, forty five twenty. <laughs> it's, and that pool was one hundred sixty one thousand, and the Quinella pool was forty five hundred eighty eight dollars. So, so sometimes it's uh, th- there. There are still places where where
1: you can uh you can you can sneak in so that's a really interesting gotta go back and look at some results yeah i, I was like a
0: little bit like upset i've been upset well i looked at that that the, the payoff and i'm thinking to myself he must I, have had like a 50 to one shot in there to get a 65 five dollar quinella no nah, is eight to one so uh, he did mention that the trainers combined were like 8 for 152 or something for a year.
1: <laughs> that helps.
0: But, you know, twelve-five never went two on the turf at Goldstream at this time of year. Is, you're not getting a lot of... Lim pickings. You no. Know, in the summer. Even Pennine Ridge would be able to win at this point. But, um... the, the former the, owners of Pennine Ridge want to fight you right now? think most of them are passed away oh see so i could safely say that and not
1: worry about you're you're one of those podcast warriors huh
0: <laughs> you can talk better about my horse. <laughs> I, I state facts nothing but facts um the carter which is always it's it's, it's always a good race it seems like Um this year was kind of a showcase for the raging
1: speaker's corner. So good, man. (laughs) That was just so good.
0: I mean his races have been so good, like you said, and he he wins almost like with disdain, right? Right, like like, yeah, get off barely tries.
1: Right. And and you know, and he's and he's done it in different places. That's even more. He takes the show on the road. Yeah, he has. He um, definitely has. So, I mean, he he's tough, just tough, <laughs> you know. And I and I I'd love to see that matchup you're talking about.
0: Oh, the uh, the ma- all- mile matchup with the mm-hmm. the the hypothetical flight line speakers corner life is good matchup that yeah, I'm sure will happen.
1: I, I think flight line would be the
0: one that doesn't make it. <laughs> uh, I believe life is good. It might be the one that's not going to participate.
1: <gasps> yeah. But um. maybe speaker's corner is probably the only one standing. You know, I have an idea and I've had this idea for a while and
0: I'm sure no one will ever do it because racing is stuck in, in, in the past and, and no one ever wants to do anything that might, You know might have some person say oh no that's bad uh but we need to designate certain races there should be a higher class of grade one races there's a lot of grade one races this the the, now that stink like derby preps shouldn't be grade one races i'm sorry they're not grade one races why should any of those races we saw this weekend be a grade one race what classifies those races as to be the same grade as the kentucky derby or the breeders cup classic or, or the whitney or, or or one of the great races that it's a grade one race how can you say a derby prep which is restricted to three-year-olds which is you know there are grade ones for three restricted fine that, that's not the issue the issue is these are all preps these are all preps there should be races There should, if you're a prep for something, you should not be a, a, a a grade one. You just shouldn't be. And there's races like the Met Mile. That should be graded higher than 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 even on Breeders' Cup Day. The Breeders' Cup Classic should be a higher grade. Then, uh, I mean, eventually all the Breeders' Cup races will be grade ones. I mean, we're gonna assume that is that correct? I mean, you don't have any, I no, know, I mean, all, all the you know, the, the turf sprints that they're all eventually going to be grade ones, they're just going through the process because they have this silly process to, to make courses graded and they're not graded. But I mean, the turf sprint and the Breeders' Cup classic shouldn't have the same grade one is far more important than the other
1: yeah no i i agree
0: the, the breeder's cup you know uh, i mean the breeder's cup miles the championship of a race of a of a division that doesn't really even exist but
1: i, I mean I, I don't really have too much of a problem with all those being grade ones just because it's a championship day but in in reality you're right you know they shouldn't all be weighted the same racing is at its best when the best
0: horses race against each other and one of the real issues with the super trainer era of the last 15 or so years is that the ducking in the cupcake schedules has gotten to be crazy at times and we have got to incentivize horses to the best horses to race against each other we shouldn't make this cupcake city until the breeders cup and then let all the
1: chips fall in one race well that's how you get max fields like horses like that that win a bunch of races against lesser competition and don't win the big one <laughs> but, like, but he wasn't really mile. that good he was okay and he was better than average but you know going up against the best he wasn't he was kind of he was all right you know he wasn't going to win any of the those kind of races he was just he was what he was when you think about some of the matchups that we didn't see
0: <laughs> uh, and, and right now we're sitting on a speaker's corner life is good flight line uh, look like three uh, if they were alone they would be so far ahead of everyone else that it, 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 you know people would duck them at some point when I mean, i guess they might duck them now but um like we need to get those horses in the starting gate against each other and we have to incentivize it and the truth is that the money itself isn't enough anymore the purses just aren't enough anymore because the breeding and the bloodstock at the top levels has gotten so out of out of touch with the reality of racing that a million dollar race just isn't that big of a deal
1: a two million dollar race it's just
0: not that big of a deal
1: so just think about, about flight line as he is today. What has he really done?
0: Well, he, he hasn't done much other than, you know, dominate. But um, if
1: he retired, what would happen?
0: He would go to stud and stand and, for 75,
1: 75,000. Exactly. So it's like, well, what's like, you you know, when get
0: 200 ship. horse man
1: no, so it, there's no incentive for
0: him to run. Right. So they're going to bang out probably, you know, $10 million the first year. You know how hard it is to win ten million dollars if you don't win the, the Saudi Cup or you don't win the uh, the Dubai the, the Dubai yeah. World Cup, then it's probably close to impossible to win ten million dollars. So you know we need to do something that that signifies a higher level than a grade one, like a grade one, like a gold star grade
1: one, like a
0: and designate not a lot We don't want a lot of these, we want these. I, I, got, I was thinking about this during the Madison. The Madison at Keeneland, which is for Philly Sprinters, and Philly Sprinters are probably the, I, I'm pretty sure that there's fewer grade ones for Philly Sprinters than any other division. And what happens, though, is when they do run the grade ones, they generally get the best horses and they get deep fields and they get shippers because there just aren't a lot of opportunities for those races right if you want to be a great one philly winning philly sprinter well you have this you have the madison you have the race at churchill um next on derby week you have uh the ballerina at saratoga i think they have one in california um there's maybe one more at, at Keeneland, but that's it. I mean, that's it. There's, there's like four of them, five of them the whole year. So they're rare enough that they generally attract really, really strong fields. And I mean, we talked about having some sort of road to the Breeders' Cup, which is logical, and everybody in the industry says, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that. Because they're all, you know, I don't want to call people names, but they lack any vision. Create
1: and the envision
0: that a road to the Breeders' Cup makes far more sense than winning you're in, which essentially is just handing money to rich people. And all the winning you're in races, the horses would be in without the winning you're in. Like no one wins a win in your race, and then gets told by the Breeders' Cup, "Ah, geez, I don't know. Like, you're on the AEs. You're gonna be in anyways. No one would ever have not been in." And to have a uh, a way to tether the races together, to to have. To create rivalries, you can't create rivalries when horses never run against each other, and when they spend all year ducking. Oh well, I'm based in California, so I'm going to stay out here all year, and I'm I'm only shipping east once. That's what you hear. Well, that sucks.
1: Right, this is horse racing, isn't it? Right. That's
0: that's that's the thing. So you need to create a a reason to get people to run in 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 certain races and i don't know why that this isn't like plainly obvious it's it just it makes all the sense in the world and we tried this before 30 years ago with the um 25 years ago the the american uh championship series they do it with the match series in the mid-atlantic at a lower level and it works it works and it would it would create rivalries we would have better races that would culminate with the breeders cup being the championship they would actually be a championship of something right now they're a championship but they're not you can win a breeders cup race and not be not not win the eclipse award lots of horses do Every year, sometimes in races where it's toss- up, yes, the breeders' Cup can be the deciding vote. but let's have a series. I mean everybody in racing now wants to have these huge days and then they can promote and, and they can you know raise ticket prices and, and 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 all this other stuff, sell it to television. What better way than than having having horses that that race against each other? And, and, you know, try to determine who actually is the best instead of having, um, you know, three to five shots in a five-horse race. I mean, how, that's just not that exciting. It just isn't. And at some point, people just get tired of, of watching, um, you know, the parade of, of, of short-priced favorites and races where they're racing against overmatched horses.
1: Yeah, I mean... Again, it's it's something that can be promoted throughout, you know, and create some interest and, in, in, you know, has the potential to reach out to people that don't normally watch racing or aren't really into it because it it creates a buzz. It creates some, some momentum behind it. You know, the way things are now, you know, people will stumble upon the Breeders' Cup on Breeders' Cup Day, you know, one of the two days and that's it but if you have some hype behind it and you know almost like old school kind of like uh boxing promotion you know you get the hype machine going and it and it creates some some interest the way things are now it really doesn't do that you know unless you're in the game already or you're you're a fan um prior to any of these events but like you said the the, the the lack of vision there is apparent because we don't have anything like that in place.
0: No, it's just a hodgepodge.
1: You remember when,
0: um, in college basketball, they changed the, the formula to try to determine which teams would make it into the, the tournament, the big tournament. Mm-hmm. And they made strength of schedule a much more um, important component because remember, Georgetown would play like nobody, city. They played like D2 teams, they right? They would play, they would play like, like you know, uh, colleges that you never even heard of. They were playing like, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, like the, the University of Phoenix <laughs> division, right?
1: And they'd start off like 16 and 0, every year.
0: yeah, right? Because they would play <laughs> nobody, and they and finally. They said this is not good for the game. They, they we need the teams to play other teams, and and um, they changed it, and teams started uh, playing better out of conference schedules, and 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 it's the same thing happened in in a little bit lesser degree, but in college football, in that um, you know the to get into the final four strength of schedule mattered, mattered, big wins mattered, who you played mattered. And in racing, there's an awful lot of fawning over horses that win races, which they absolutely almost had to fall down to win. And that happens a lot these days, a lot more than it should. Um, And the purse, like I said, the purse money isn't going to move people like it used to move people when we were running for $75,000 stakes um putting up a million dollars that was a big deal now it's just not you know, you have 100 you have $120,000 maiden races so so anyways Of course, I'm I'm calling for something that would require tracks to work together, the the Breeders' Cup to be involved, the the Greatest Stakes Committee to be involved, which means, of course, it'll never happen.
1: It's a big ask. Yeah.
0: Um, Speaking of the Madison, I I thought that was a a heck of a race. Um, Bell's the one. Just can't seem to win that race. She always seems to run well in it, but, uh, it's, it's, it's tough when you have that style that she has, because it's also rare to see her, her get run down. Usually she's the one doing the running down <laughs> the filly that usually comes and and gets them at the end. And, and this race, um, was a little bit different because she actually had the lead late in the stretch and, uh, Flavin Pratt timed it perfectly and, and, and got there with, with, uh, just, just one time who was, uh, making a second start for Mr. Cox
1: <laughs> on the big time scene too. <laughs>
0: yeah. Went from Penn national to the, was the rare horse
1: that actually was
0: stable at Penn national that, that could be, Uh, could transfer the form over but i mean it was a really good race and and um i mean it had a had a a good field and you know that these are the type of races that that um you know it was a a legit grade one race it it had a a a good field full of uh, credentialed horses four or five of them that were maybe a little bit better than the other ones but uh but that that's the type of grade ones that, you know, you don't feel like, um you don't, like, think, wow, oh, geez, that's a grade one, you know, like, really? So, uh, Grand Motion's got a couple nice turf horses. He won both the three-year-old stakes this weekend at Keeneland on the turf. He won the Philly race with Spinderella. He won the... uh, uh The race was—is it the Appalachian on uh, Friday, right? The Transylvania, the Transylvania, on Friday with Side Dog. Side Dog is by a New York-based sire that's a Kentucky bread, and Spenderella is a New York bread that's by a Kentucky-based stallion.
1: Hmm. Spendarella is awfully good, man.
0: Yeah, she she ran really well. I mean, Side Dog ran really well
1: too. Too, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, he uh, that was kind of a that was a really that was a really difficult race to handicap, in that there was very very little speed in there, and 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 the 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 contenders, the first four or five contenders, all looked about the same. They all ran about the same numbers, and I mean, Side Dog just went to the outside and and rolled by them. So I thought yeah, that was a really big performance. Uh, by the he
1: had that one. What was it Crystal Cliffs? At uh, on der- uh, Florida Derby Day,
0: yeah, yeah, he's got quite a few, uh, quite a few turf bullets lined up. Um, search results, hmm. still searching, he doesn't look. Gee, that, that, was, that was not a great race. <clears throat> uh, when Chad Brown gets horses ready off the layoff, he, he's like Baffert in that Baffert hey, doesn't give horses much. races. I mean, Baffert's horses come out running, and Chad Brown's pretty much the same in that he he doesn't usually, his horses usually are ready to fire off the layoff. And Search results really didn't have much. I mean, she did not look great. She really hasn't looked great since the, the Oaks yeah she won some races and and in retrospect they might look a little better in hindsight but um uh now i don't know because you know they did pull a plug on her after the test where she was really kind of um you know she really never made a run in the test she was third but she was third on class and then they pulled the plug which of course was probably the right thing to do seemed like you know she just wasn't right and but I, I was um, I I expected a little more from her in in the uh, the race to distaff at Aqueduct and Glass Ceiling who won the race, I bet on Glass Ceiling I made actually a, a pretty large wager for me on Glass Ceiling at Saratoga, in a race at the end of September or the beginning of September at the end of the meet. And she was kind of a mild third that day. She was okay, but she never really threatened. And then since then, she's been like unbeatable. Now she's a graded stakes winner. But, um, but Charlie Baker did a good job. He claimed that, that mayor for 40,000. And then she's, she's, and it took him a little while. I mean, he, 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 uh, he made two or three starts before she really started, you know, getting, getting really good and like she is now. Um a couple of upsets in the in the Philly races. Um Derry House or whatever, who is not nominated for the Kentucky Oaks, by the way. Interesting. Which was very strange to me. I mean you don't see too many horses that that aren't nominated to the Kentucky, Der- Kentucky you no know, Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Oaks, whatever. Uh, at this late date, and and the nomination at this point, I think is like seventy five thousand or a hundred thousand. So, I don't know what's the story with her. Um, Venti Valentine got beat in the uh, the gazelle, um, on the lead set. You know, pressured fractions, but but not fast fractions. I I would guess would be the best way of saying it. Um, and nostalgic, just kind of you know got a perfect trip um just just kind of uh wore down a little bit towards the end and um i don't know uh i don't really know what to make of of Vente Valentine's race maybe she bounced a little bit coming off of that big race that she had on uh, on on Gotham day yeah i mean what do you think about that
1: yeah i'm i'm with you i think she kind of needed that one. you know she kind of regressed off of that effort so i would think that she's probably going to bounce back wherever she shows up next
0: well i'm assuming she's going to show up in the oaks yeah i mean she has points to get in so i mean and it wasn't like she ran poorly
1: no she didn't run like really bad you know not morello bad but she just didn't win yeah which can be forgiven Um <laughs> Nest of course on, on Friday was was
0: really good. I I had uh I had um texted you about Nest. I said you know I keyed her, just I just used her because I used Side Dog and, and then I, I used some bombs in the pick three at uh Keeneland in the last race and of course the chalk one. But uh but Nest was was was, was you know super impressive.
1: Yeah. A lot better than uh, what that horse looked like at Tampa but it, it looked like that horse needed that race the way you know the way um, he came into that race looked like he needed one and ran to it you know second time definitely was much much better got a good trip too at Cayman so yep. like the ultimate perfect trip Almost. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's um. I mean, there's some sentiment that the Oaks might be a better race than than the Derby.
1: Yeah, uh, it, that's it, fair. That's very, more than fair to say. You know.
0: Yeah, there, there's there's quite a few really good fillies coming into the race, and uh, someone pointed out Echo Zulu's undefeated two year old champion might be might go off like third choice in the Oaks, yeah but it, it it's
1: well, see, that's, that's, yeah, I think that's easily gonna happen I mean it's it's not a, it's not out of the realm of possibility um, I know I'll be taking a shot against her <laughs> I'm not betting her in that race
0: it's kind of been
1: overlooked a little bit.
0: She got beat like a half enough in mm-hmm. that last race. Right. Haven't even mentioned that, hey, like she's going to be in the race too. And she likes Joe might, might suit her a little bit. bit. And she does like Churchill. And then, you know, I know that her first race back was, was she ran really, really well the other day. And 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 she's, she's not, I mean, she's not.
1: No, she's no slouch.
0: No, so it's going to be quite a race. Um, I will be at. I will, I will be at the this year. You know what I,
1: I don't know. That's it... what do you mean? <sighs> Too far away. What
0: my hat choice day to day? Ugh. Killing me, Smalls. Based, I might even buy a new one for that. But no, I'll be I'll be there for uh for Derby Week, for most of it at least. Good stuff. Me, that's where I'll be.
1: Oh yeah. Well, got a lot of people in Louisville, and I can, mm-hmm. I can tell them to, throw rotten tomatoes at you. Like they did in the old days. Some of the people who work at church will be happy to do that.
0: I'll be hanging out with Gronk.
1: Brady's going to be there too.
0: Nah, Wes I don't, Welker. Mess,
1: I don't I don't mess with Brady.
0: Well, Welker's alright because he's Brady. He's nah, are nah. terrible, man. Killing me. I see. It's the GOAT. For 20 years, he's got to stay the enemy. <laughs> but he lives in Florida. Who doesn't live in Florida, man? Everybody lives in Florida. We True. live in Florida. Because
1: so. when, when I lived in Orlando, I was just like, mind-boggling how many celebrities, ex-sports guys like, you know, Barry Larkin, King Griffey Jr., on in that area. A lot of dudes.
0: Yeah, area.
1: Doc Rivers. Michael Jordan was in Jupiter. Ray Lewis.
0: Ray Lewis. <clears throat> it's not a man to mess with.
1: VJ Singh lives in Orlando. Golf. Tyree Kill. Miami.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm
1: ready for football season. Gotta be because it's exciting, and the Dolphins are going to be good for a change.
0: We got a punter, man. Signed a punter <laughs> finally after going out a punter on the roster. They signed one. Then they showed him many videos. The first day he signed, he was he was he was doing bench presses with forty pound weights on each arm. The punter. Damn. Yeah, man. It's impressive. Tis impressive. Still a long ways off. So. We, uh you know, to start our derby preparations here soon and uh, has well, got some, some races going on here next uh, a couple of weeks and of course New York started turf racing which uh, is kind of a spring has arrived but um a little bit quiet but you know, racing always seems to to to, uh to come up with some stuff yeah they sure do (laughs) like like posting the wrong results (laughs) oops Oops. i will say that it's going to be a sad day next sunday at the pond last day or it's hard to believe, believe but uh the Sunday is the last day of Pompano. Sundays Easter Sunday by the way don't even get to to make any wagers on the pump on the final day
1: but they still do that I thought
0: they got rid of that or is on Sunday Pomp? is now okay still off limits I me mean. casinos are open can't bet it on horses. Can't Whatever. Um, but shades, your boy shades, put up a did, did a really nice little, little document about the comp about a closing that if you look on on Twitter or the internet you can find it. Just uh, check out racing or Gabe Pruitt put it up or pumping Pompano itself was put it up it's it's kind of uh hard to believe and then you think about this is the time right april beginning of april when arlington used to open and they used to you know be there to get ready for the meet usually they they'd start uh, like derby weekend i think but um you know it's, that's not happening this year there's there is no arlington and i think that's probably uh, a difficult a bitter pill to swallow you know, for the people in Illinois that for years and years and years and years would be uh, getting ready to move their barns to Arlington for the rest of the summer. Um, and, uh, They're not, and Hawthorne is not uh, perfect. It's The people at Hawthorne are trying to keep racing alive in, in Illinois, and if they ever get their casino finished, they might actually do better, but, um, you know, it's a very imperfect situation. Now you have one track, you have two breeds and, uh, they both have six months of racing. So they have to split time, which, which is going to make it very difficult for the, the Illinois horsemen thoroughbred horsemen in that there won't be racing in Illinois from the end of June till September. So they're going to have to relocate, uh, or they can stay at Hawthorne, but of course it's a harness track at that point. So they can't train on it um it's just a really shitty situation for lack of a better word but uh yeah. but you know you, th- you think like the pomp is gone and a place like arlington's gone and, and all the other racetracks calder's gone uh, uh. Suffolk is gone and it's shocking to me that there's people out there that, that think like it's it's a good thing that that to me is is uh it's it's thinking that i just cannot uh, I always try to look at the other person's point of view and 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 find some good from it, but that there's just no good to come from it to me, at least from my point of view.
1: Yeah, there's no way. That doesn't make any sense.
0: No, no. but um, no, it's it's not as Keeneland as uh they've seen a big bump in in handle, uh, which is kind of continuing that the trend that Oak crunk had kind of been saying for the last you know year or so that the a signals are getting stronger and stronger and everyone else is not. Um, San Anita was down San Anita which is considered an a signal, was down significantly on Saturday. Uh, I think into the 17 millions from 24. I know last year there was like a three million dollar carryover. But if you take the three million dollar carryover out and you, you make it twenty one million, that's still a big drop. $21 million to seventeen million. Uh four million dollars is, is, is not, you know, not great. and I, and I guess having a, a um a short field for the feature, but I think they didn't have a really big field last year for the feature either. Mm-mm. You know, so I think the undercard was better yeah might it might have been better last year because uh this year just seemed to be a lot of a lot of really short field races so but um yeah business at keeneland is at record levels and um i'm i'm sure that churchill will probably be following up with something similar especially considering that uh they've got a brand new turf course that they're going to be using and it's wider so they should be able to use more races and and it should be able to uh be maintained uh, you know even better because they have so many more lanes to uh to run in. Wesley Ward is, has gotten beat in the first two two which is kind of news. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he he hasn't really been that close. No. He really wasn't like And, I mean, it's only two races, right? So it's not like it's some trend yet, but uh, for the last decade Don't... or so, he's pretty consistently <laughs> knocked off four or five winners, two-year-old winners at, at Keeneland every spring. So it's uh, um, something to, to pay attention.
1: He's not, a, not, he's an, not an, an automatic an... W. so and, and you're going to get a price if you beat them. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. That's right. I had one race the other day.
0: Nice to see the local guys that go to the September buying five and six. Uh, be able to turn those horses around and, and beat the big boys at at, a, at Keeneland. Get a nice the, uh, you know a horse. Uh, I think that's Usually the best thing to do when you, you know, when you win a horse, when you win a race at Keeneland, a two-year race with a cheaper horse. If someone offers you money, generally it's the best it thing to do. So where are you going to run? You know, you're not going to run. run for a while. <laughs> they don't have anything but maiden races. They have that, uh, they used to, best they Churchill used to be in the undercard, 12, Twelve. always have a big fee. Going five but, but that got scrapped a while ago. Or I think they may run it like a couple of weeks after or something. But, but anyways, we'll uh, we'll be back next week, and the pomp will be officially. Uh, I mean, I'll be there on night. It's probably going to be a uh, you know, d- depressing.
1: Very depressing. I, I was. You know, I'm starting to see the the sad tweets on that now, and it's very depressing, considering we lost Calder, too, you know? Yeah. And Hylia, it,
0: somewhat. I'm just sitting there. R- yeah, just Same. growing grass. <laughs> you know, just sitting there, so. Oh. Thing we're supposed to cover,
1: I think so. I think so. If not, we'll hear about it on Twitter, I'm sure.
0: We got the playoffs, the NBA playoffs this week. We got the playing yeah, games starting. We I got playing games one yeah. Man. winner take all.
1: Well. <laughs> Sort of,
0: <laughs> and you have to win again. But if you don't win, then you go home. I mean, it it's worked because it it's mm-hmm.
1: trying at the end of the season. So, I uh, you know what you know. Uh, I may be alone in this, but I thoroughly enjoyed how they ran the bubble playoffs. And I would like to see that <laughs> sort of thing again, but it's just not conducive for NBA no, teams. Really. No, they they
0: tons and tons of money. Yeah, yeah I mean, it I, I like it, was, it was nice because it was easier to, to yeah. Love one after another, after another after another after another after another after another, but but um It might be the most been this year. I mean, you could make the case for about seven teams to get hot, and yeah. and some of those other teams, some, some of them didn't, didn't didn't don't consider like championship contenders. They could make life miserable for some of those other teams in the early, you know, the early rounds. Huh. There's, yeah. not of, uh,
1: there, there's not a lot of actually. There's not a lot of easy outs. No, none. I mean, it's, you got Philly, Miami, Brooklyn. And Brooklyn's got to Brooklyn's got to start winning. Right. <laughs> yeah, they they haven't been very good lately.
0: No, but the playoffs are different. Every you know. Mm-hmm. Different, uh, uh, you know, it's a new, new season, so
1: and then we're not even talking about the defending champions.
0: No. They couldn't do like they did
1: last year. They couldn't. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, Giannis got nuts at the end of the season, was just, like, killing everybody again. You know, he gets on those rolls and, you know, he just hotels. Right. Know, let him go. Let, let <laughs> him go. He's actually well. He's shooting free throws well. I mean, that was like last last year. They were with dribble and making fun of his free like forty percent. And now well, it's a different story, right? You say it's a completely different story because he's making like a little over seventy percent. Which I mean that that's real trouble they're playing the bulls in the first round and the bulls have right, not who's
1: played. not an easy out
0: but they have not played well the bulls pulled well, on the stretch. And I mean, I they, lost, lost, and they lost one they lost, lost the the white mamba so uh, white mamba your best two your best two guards does hurt because yeah. Um, yeah that that's that's those are big parts of their rotation that are out and i, I would expect the bucks to to clean house with them but I mean think about the Sixers Raptors first round series I don't want to play the Raptors in the first round no no thank you and And, I mean I mean then the Boston was the number two seed and they might wind up with Brooklyn in the first round (laughs) 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 like like, that's not good two seed you're supposed to get a you know, a relatively Some easy, easy team, right? Yeah. Somebody, and you, and uh, you know, and the, the other, the other, uh, the heat might wind up with the, with the Hawks in the first Hawks. round and the Hawks have been playing. I mean, they finally, you know, they, they, they took time to, to, to get in, you know, to get in gear, but, but man, it's like, those are, those are tough, tough matchups. And, and even the West, you look at, uh, Golden State without Steph Curry has to play the Nuggets. I mean, that's that's a tough that's a tough mask. Dallas and, and and the Jazz play again. Seems like every year they play, but <laughs> that's another really, really tough matchup that um could go either way.
1: Well the Knicks have yeah. a tough matchup, right?
0: Well, the Knicks are playing the <laughs> summer league. The Knicks next time you'll see Next on the court will be in the Vegas Summer League. Uh, I mean, the only team that really looks like they're getting um, a pretty soft Grizzlies are supposed to play the winner of the Timberwolves and the Clippers and um Yeah, that might be easy. The played well lately and they're not gonna, gonna be, be the easiest them. out, but Phoenix plays the winner of San Antonio and, and the Pelicans. So that's um,
1: that's probably Phoenix.
0: That yeah, Phoenix should should clear Mark's through the,
1: either one yeah. of those.
0: Yeah, those two teams are they're 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 not going to they. That's the only matchup that the teams shouldn't have any trouble with. Tough. The health of some of these guys crazy. too. Um, a lot of uh, so. Um, seeing how guys get back if if Boston gets Williams back if if the the, the Warriors get Steph Curry back
1: covid protocols killed my fantasy team
0: i'm talk about my fantasy team my team was just joe harris amputated hey. <laughs> guy sprained his ass. The season, never saw him again. Haven't seen him since. <laughs> Not since ran up the track and the Robert Lewis just disappeared. Oh no! They... Joe Lewis never was back. Uh, Joe Lewis, jo, uh, Joe Harris was Joe and work tab. Nothing gone. I didn't even see him my... on. They like Tyree him. <laughs> Oh and then uh did you hear that the guy the Dyball for the uh Sixers can't play in Toronto?
1: Yeah, I heard that. So That's ridiculous. Which is it's just the whole
0: thing is stupid. But still well, it becomes what if the Raptors win the series?
1: <laughs> right, then what? <laughs>
0: yeah. Then what? Then uh if they wind up playing Brooklyn at some point, then there's that guy who plays for Brooklyn that <laughs> might not be able to play in Toronto. So it's uh
1: interesting. It is it's, interesting. But it's it, it, I guess you know it just has to start and then I'll kinda get into it. Yeah. Cause these yeah. these end-of-the-season games are just useless
0: well that is the other thing is so many teams are now kind of in it that you know you saw like the last day of the season the good teams played their starters because they kind of needed to win for positioning and everybody else kind of sat out so that's a that's a it's a good reminder if you buy nba tickets on the last day of the season, there's a good shot that the players you want to see play are not going to play. Not
1: going to play. Yeah. Definitely not. That's like a certainty.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so it'll be interesting. I mean, that's, uh, like I said, it's, it's wide open. I mean, there's obviously the favorites and the long shots, but, the difference between the best teams and and the, the 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 secondary teams is is probably never been lesser than it is now, and and Phoenix is really good. I mean, Phoenix is is a really good team. Uh, I I mean, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility we see Phoenix Bucks And Milwaukee again. Yeah, it, it's a possibility, and I, that was a pretty good series too. I mean, so you know, Chris Paul's got to get healthy as another guy that's been out, so. You know, Phoenix did just fine without him, but they're going to need him in the playoffs. So,
1: Anyways,
0: that's it for tonight.
1: All right. Let's do it. Countdown is on. The
0: countdown is on. So by next
1: Monday, big Monday,
0: Pompano will be officially dead. Uh, The Kentucky Derby will have the official field outside of late defections and we can uh we can talk about it then all right all right my man well we appreciate your your time you know it's valuable and uh we want to thank everyone that listens and comments and uh we do appreciate it believe yeah. it. we appreciate it more than more than you know but um again thanks for for listening and uh we do we, we love the feedback even larry when he, he complains about us larry it's wants okay. to see our- i know larry why do you want to see our faces larry <laughs> you know we're so pretty that that we'll just be a distraction people you just know right. mesmerized by looking at us instead of listening to what we're saying yeah. all these you know really important words that we're saying they're they're going to just be like right. wow look at those it's people. just
1: like uh Brad Pitt and Denzel Washington you don't notice a lot that's of right. the acting because you're looking at them.
0: That's right, and kind of you know, people kind of shun them a little because you know they say ah they're, they're they just they're just too good looking, too pretty, you know? right? I mean it happens to us all the time, and it's just not okay. fair. That that's why we chose this format for for this because you know our voices are just you know not bad, but they're not you know they're not as, as our voices aren't aren't as as, as compelling as our lovely faces. <laughs>
1: Definitely
0: not. <laughs> and on that note, we will see you guys next week. Hey, guys. I wanted to talk to you quickly about some of the changes coming to the Going in Circles Digest, which is our sort of weekly newsletter that we have put out that covers a, a wide variety of topics. Uh, just lately, we've added some guest columnists. Sid Fernando wrote a great piece for us a couple weeks back. And Julian Brown has really helped us out with some... Uh, excellent handicapping uh, articles and we're going to expand on the handicapping especially uh you know with julian's writing who who used julian used to write for american turf monthly Um, but it's something that uh, we we think people seem to be interested in and certainly any timely topic is, is something that's going to be covered and uh We're going to do a lot of uh, our weekly previews, especially for the big days and and the Triple Crown races. Uh, We also want to put it out there that anyone that has something to say, you can be a guest writer. Just contact me. There's a a variety of ways. Going in circles podcast at gmail.com is probably the easiest. And we'll uh, we'll put you out there. And we're not exactly... uh, at the distribution point of the New York Times or anything, but we do get a lot of click ons. And if you have something to say, well, we'll help you say it. All right, guys, if you have any suggestions, anything you want to hear about, anything you want to uh, read about, hit me up going in circles podcast gmail.com and uh, check it out going in circles dot Substack.com. Free subscription. Thanks, guys.